Ready to explore the branches on your family tree? Join Abbott historian and genealogist Cherie Harper as she helps you begin your journey of finding out just where you came from. Brick Walls and Pitfalls starts now. Welcome to Brick Walls and Pitfalls with Insight Genealogy. I am Cherie Harper, your host. And if you recall in the last episode, we were going over censuses and the different clues and information you can find there that might help you to piece together your family tree. We left off talking about the 1890 census and how it was destroyed in a fire. And so all that information is lost. However, there is another source of information that you can look to if you're lucky enough to find an ancestor on it. It is the 1890 special schedule. It's basically a veteran schedule. And what they were doing was compiling all of the Civil War veterans at this point, because I'm sure at this point there's no you know Revolutionary War. There'd be maybe some War of 1812 that kind of thing. But anyone who's ever any kind of veteran, mostly it's going to be Civil War soldiers that you'll find here. But it does have a lot of information if you're lucky enough to find an ancestor on it. It will tell you the name of the, it's actually for the widows as well, so that's kind of interesting. But it has the names of the soldiers and, you know, whether it be sailors, Marines, whatever, and then their widows. It'll tell you the rank, company, when they served, um, if they have a disability. It actually gives the post office address of where they live. Um, it gives if they had a disability of any kind, like if they had a leg they lost or something. Because honestly, that's really the only place you would find something like that. If you had a, a Civil War soldier, a Confederate soldier that lost a leg, and you're lucky enough that he's still alive in 1890, that would be information you could actually find out that maybe no one in your family ever knew. And you can actually take that and go to other records for military, which we'll get into in another episode at some point. But take that information and you can run with that and learn a whole lot about an ancestor if you had one in the Civil War. So uh, if you're lucky enough to find someone in the 1890 veteran schedule, that's another good place for information. Um, however, um, I do have some veterans that I know existed at this time who are not on that schedule. So sometimes they just didn't, you know, di- I don't know if they didn't get counted or how that worked, but there are definitely are times where you won't find it. So moving on to 1900, um, that's another one of your traditional censuses. It does have uh, all of your standard information we've already went over before that's on the rest of them. But it also does tell you uh, the month of birth and the year of birth, which is really helpful. Now, having said that, you always need to take any information you see on a census with a grain of salt because we don't know for sure who's given that information. Most of the time, it's going to be whoever's at home, which a lot of times was the wife. And most of the time, her information is accurate or pretty close to it. I will tell you that I've noticed, as you probably have as well if you're doing any research, a lot of the birth dates and stuff change dramatically. There are people who age 10 years one way or the other sometimes with no explanation. Um, I don't know if it's that the census taker wrote it down wrong or people just really didn't know when they were born and they're just sort of guessing. But you'll see that a lot. So don't let that trip you up. If you come across that and you're pretty sure you still have the right person, I would continue on the path you're on. And you'll see sometimes it'll fluctuate one way or the other and go back. But this census actually does tell you their supposed month and year of birth, which is great, uh, especially when you're trying to make sure later on down the line you're matching that up to an ancestor um, with their death record or something to make sure you have the right family. Just the month alone, even if the year's different, the month a lot of times will stay the same. I think I've actually never seen that change. So that's you know good information to have. It does help you. Uh, it asks a new question about immigration and citizenship. It wants to know the year of immigration, if you immigrated, um, how long you've been in the U.S., and if you were naturalized or not. Uh, So that's really helpful. If you've got an immigrant around this time period, that gives you a lot more insight into when they actually got here. Uh, It also asks if your home is owner rented, um, if it's a farm or just a house. So again, gives you a little more. Each, Each census seems to get a little more detail and give you a little more insight into 
you know, what your family was doing, what their life was like. And if you look not only at them, but I would encourage you to look at the families surrounding them on the census because that's going to be who their neighbors were. And that gives you an overall picture of what that community might have looked like at that time. And that's really interesting to have. Um, In some of the rural areas, you're going to see, you know, a lot of farmers all kind of in one area. Um, If you're looking in a city, you'll see, you know, upper class areas where it's, you know, merchants and and insurance guys and things like that. Um, You you can kind of tell just like you do now when you're driving around, you can kind of tell what a part of town might have looked like based on the census that you're looking at, looking at kind of the neighbors and, and seeing what's there. So the 1900 did have some new things. Uh, again, that month and year of birth is really, really important. Uh, if we go on to 1910, everything else is the same other than, uh, and this actually helped solve one of my mysteries in my family, but it does ask the number of children that were born to this mother and the number of children that are still living. And so if you have a situation where you're not sure if you have the right family, or in my case, I was trying to figure out at one point if I had... If this particular ancestor, if two of the kids I'd seen on a previous census were her children or her brother and sister or what, because she was relatively young, almost too young to have had them. However, it kind of looked like they might have been hers. The 1910 census is what actually helped me. The 1910 census is actually what helped me to solve that mystery, because to my knowledge, my ancestor only had seven children that were known to us. Um, that anyone knew about that were there were pictures of or records of or that were ever tied to our family at all however when I look on the census she said she had been the mother of nine and one of them had passed away and so that meant that there was at least one more living that we were not aware of and so that put that together for me that yes those two had been hers and so without this information of the knowing that she had nine and there were still eight alive i would have never known for sure um so and i've i've come across some other things since then that have helped to definitely prove that out but that was my first clue that i was on the right track with that train of thought um again it's brick walls and pitfalls with insight genealogy and we're discussing censuses today we're going from about 1894 forward and talking about the different aspects of those um i'm your host sheree harper on the hints and oakley podcast center we're providing your family's dental care and now featuring zoom teeth whitening Make your appointment today and you'll be on your way to a dazzling smile. Henson Oakley Family Dentistry, West Jackson Street in Cookville. All right, so moving on to 1920. Uh, it does ask all the same questions. It's going over, you know, the house number, everyone who lived in the house, relationship to the head of household. All that stuff is still on here. Um, it does actually ask the age at the last birthday, so it's worded a little differently. But, it, it you know, each census kind of gives you an idea of how old someone is um, one way or the other. It also wants to know the languages of your parents, um, which is kind of interesting. You know, again, if you don't have immigrants in this time period, there's not going to be any you know clues there. But it does actually ask that. And uh, if you have immigrants in your family, that's really good to know because it gives you another clue. Like maybe you were told that you had a you know great great grandmother from Germany. Well, then you look on here and it says she speaks Russian. Uh, so that would direct you a different way when you get ready to get to that point to look for that person. But it actually asks you for um, the nativity and mother tongue of the person that's being counted on the census and their father and their mother. It asks for the place of birth and what they spoke. And so that is really good information to have if you're trying to you know, jump across the ocean. And there will definitely come a point in your search for genealogy information that you are trying to jump across the pond. And that's how you would do that. So uh, be sure to check out 
some of these different categories and really study them. Don't just look for names and, and birthdays and things like that. Really study the categories. And I will be posting a link on my Facebook page, which is Insight Genealogy, that gives you a breakdown of what you need to be looking for that's unique about each census so that you can refer back to that and know to look for those things. Uh, now we're going to move on to 1930. That one has all of the same information as the other ones. It does, however, ask for uh, occupation and industry. And so if someone worked in a shipyard or a school or whatever, it'll tell you that. gives you a little more information there. It also asks if someone was a veteran. And it asks if they were and also wants to know what war or whatever they fought in. And so that would give you information that maybe you didn't know or didn't know to look for. Maybe it's something you never heard about. That gives you another little clue. Because when you get into those military records, sometimes there's a lot of details there that you can't find anywhere else. And again, we'll get to that at another episode. And I'll talk to you about some of the different things you can find there. Uh, it also asks, which I thought was pretty interesting, it wants to know if you owned a radio, if your family owned a radio. And uh, they're just trying to gauge at that point. At that point, that was the major source of communication and information that was out there. And they're just trying to gauge, you know, if your family had one. So they know how many people are out there listening and have access to that. And so that's kind of interesting. You know, obviously, if you're a poor family, a lot of people didn't have one. And so when you're looking at that, if your family didn't have one, it's probably because they couldn't afford it. And that gives you another idea of uh, what things were probably like for them. It also wants to know the age they were at their first marriage. Um, That's good information to have. You know, if you have an ancestor who was married more than once and you're not sure if this is a second wife or not, if it's one of those where you're just not sure what the relationship is, if you can't find a marriage certificate and you're trying to figure it out, it will tell you like how old they were when they first got married. And so that gives you another idea of, you know, dates and things, at least, a, again, it's, it's not always going to be exact, but it gives you at least some sort of window of time to be looking for if you're looking for that information. So, you know, if you can't find a marriage certificate or you're not been so lucky and you come across that, you could know that you need to look in, you know, 1912 thereabouts to try and find that and you may have to go in person to do that but it gives you at least a time window to search for so it helps to save you a little time when that happens um, the most recent census that's been released that we have access to is 1940 um, this one was a lot of fun for me because it's the first time i was able to see my grandparents names on something like this um, they release them every 72 years there's a privacy act involved in it and so the next one won't come out for a little while because of that uh, but when this came out, I was super excited because I was able to see my grandparents as basically small children listed with their families and get kind of my first records insight into what life was like for them at that time. Uh, it does have wants to know the value of your home or wants to know the monthly rent. And so that was kind of interesting because in my case, my ancestors, my grandpa's family, they were renting and it tells you what they paid in rent every month. And you can, again, take a calculator online and extrapolate that and kind of figure out about what that would be in today's money and get an idea of, you know, what kind of place they might have had. It also wants to know the highest grade of school that was completed for the person in the house. And so you'll see a lot of times you have ancestors that, you know, maybe only back in this time period, it was really common for a lot of the girls didn't go nearly as long as boys. Most of the time, they didn't think it was necessary. But a lot of times by, you know, third to fifth grade, sometimes you will see that that's as high as your ancestor went. Uh, at that time, people went to work if they were in poorer households and education wasn't deemed nearly as important as, you know, going out and earning a living. And so that will tell you about how much education, you know, your great grandpa or somebody had. And, and that's, you know, kind of good information to have. It gives you an idea of, of what it was like for them coming into the time period we're in now. My grandparents, for instance, were born in 1934. And knowing that, you know, 
they lived all the way up until, you know, the 2000s. If you're only if you only have a fifth grade education, that would probably affect a lot of what you're able to do. And so that's good information to have sometimes just to get a clearer picture of your family. It also asks them where their residence was in April of 1935. And so if you're tracking somebody, that's uh, that's a good place to look, too, because I do have families on my other side that are coal miners and things like that. And they moved around following the coal mines. And if you're not sure where someone was born, a lot of times that will they moved around every few years basically for work. And so that will tell you where they lived a few years ago, which is really helpful. And so really on the 1940, that's the only things that were very different um, information wise. It does ask um, if this person has a social security number, which was a new thing at that time. And it does ask women in particular um, if they've been married more than once, how old they were when they first got married and the number of children that were ever born, whether it be it says do not include stillborn. So they didn't count those. But that gives you a little more information there, too, for the women uh, in your family. And so, again, I'll post a link to all this stuff um, on my Facebook page so that it's a little easier to you know, get through and see what can help you out. My Facebook page is Insight Genealogy, and uh, you can just you put that in the search bar and it should pop up for you there. Um, I'm posting information there all the time and also would be glad to answer questions or whatever if you want to message me or post them on the wall there and try and help you solve any issues you might have. And so this has been Brick Walls and Pitfalls with Insight Genealogy, and I am Cherie Harper. Keep watching for the next episode here in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Thank you.